I got the right ice, I can't do wrong. I got the black AP, the paddock of two tone. I don't want colorblind, I don't give my shine on. How's it going today, guys? Once again, we're back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Um, it's the first day. Finally, guys, we had a little football yesterday on Thursday. Today is Friday, August 10th. And, you know, it felt good, man, finally watching some football yesterday. We had a little Thursday night action back. We had lots of uh, rookies in action, which is what you always love to see. But first rookie I got to talk about here, guys, was my top performer I announced last night on Twitter he's my top performer of the night that would be Baker Mayfield quarterback of the Cleveland Browns number one overall pick and he balled out yesterday guys he was 11 for 20 passing for uh, 212 yards two touchdowns he was sacked one time for a loss of 11 yards he had three carries for 13 yards and uh, you know guys he looked really good he made a lot of good third down passes he made a lot of um, just great plays across the field I mean he just looked really good y'all I mean um, the the most play I liked the best out of all the ones he did was that touchdown pass through to Njoku. You know, he th- fitted in a really tight window and got the points they needed. I just felt like that Baker Mayfield really balled out yesterday and played up to what you wanted to see. I mean, that pass he threw to Callaway, both of them, the one on like third and 18 where he found him on the sidelines. That to me, guys, is like Baker Mayfield in college. He's just a playmaker. He's dynamic. And then he found him, too, on that slant where he put the ball where nobody else could get it for another huge touchdown to Callaway. And, you know, Callaway is my second biggest performer last night. He absolutely balled out, too. Callaway had three catches for 87 yards and a touchdown, and that 54-yard touchdown run, catch and run he had was just nasty, guys. This Browns team looked really good yesterday. You know, they look kind of whack out there without the – um stripe on their helmet, but I like how that their coach took it from them and told them they had to earn it, and they really looked like they were trying to earn it yesterday. This team looked really good to me yesterday. Now, guys, I mean, Nick Chubb had 15 carries for 11 yards, which is not very good, but all around, I thought this team played really well, and they actually looked like a good football team for once because, I mean, the Browns have looked awful in the past, so I was personally a big fan of the way they played yesterday, and I like the swagger about this football team. I mean, I even saw it in Hard Knocks, guys. This is not the same Browns team. This is not your, your mom's classic Browns team. This is a new Browns team, and we're definitely going to see some new things from them. I love the way they played last night, and I thought they had a lot of swagger, and they looked like they finally got their swagger back. But from the flip side of things, Saquon Barkley had a huge run at the beginning of the game. He took off. I think it was a 38-yard run or something like that. I mean, Barkley, guys, we knew he was going to be nasty. He had four carries for 43 yards, and, you know, that was exactly what I wanted to see out of him, a little something early, give us something to see. They took him out of the game quick, didn't leave him in there, and I thought it was really good. Just performance by him and showing what he could do, but all around, I'm a big Saquon Barkley advocate as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they should have taken Rose, I mean, uh, Darnold or somebody like that. I think the Giants need a quarterback, but I just thought it was fun to see the number one pick go up against the number two. And if I'm a Browns fan, I finally feel good about this team, and I feel like I have some hype around it. You know, Hard Knocks made me think there was some hype around this team, but I know now for a fact that this hype is real and this Browns team is going to be for real. Now, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? I still don't think so, but do I think they're going to win six to eight games? Yes, I absolutely do. And, you know, I think it'll be an enjoyable season for Browns fans. I think they got a lot to look forward to. But let's move on from there. We had the, uh, I believe, the number 10... I think he was drafted at 10th Josh Allen for the Bills in action yesterday against the Panthers. 
and I personally thought he played a really good game. Um, he did it, it. There was that play where he slipped kind of. I mean, he just wasn't getting blocking. He was out there with the third and fourth team. So, I mean, of course, he's not going to get as good a blocking as he needs with those kind of offensive linemen in at that point. But I thought Allen did a great job of passing the ball. I mean, he's obviously pretty far down depth chart. He had 116 yards, and he had that nice touchdown. They went for it on fourth down. He got sacked. Did kind of hold on the ball a little long, but at the same time, nobody's really open. But I personally thought he played a really good game. I thought that altercation between Kelvin Benjamin and Cam Newton was pretty funny. I think it's funny how both these guys have beef. I'm not a Cam Newton fan, so I think it's funny, and I'm a Kelvin Benjamin fan just because he went to Florida State, but at the same time, he needs to lose some weight, but it's kind of funny to see him finally find the end zone, hop up in there for the Bills fans, but going back to Josh Allen, I thought Josh Allen was the best quarterback in this draft class. I thought him and Baker would be the two best out of all these quarterbacks, and I'm still going to stand by that statement that I think they're the two best. Josh Allen definitely impressed me yesterday. I think the Bills need more offensive weapons for him, but I mean, I think that this is a good young quarterback with lots of hype, and I think we'll see him at some point this season. Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron are not going to get the job done. I mean, Peterman threw five picks in a game. He was absolutely trash. My uh, One of my fantasy football teams is actually named making fun of uh, Nathan Peterman, so if I'm Bills fans, yeah, there's those highlights surfacing around, but you got to look at everything that that actually happened for for uh, Josh Allen. I went through and watched every single drive he had. I thought he played a great game. He was good at going through his progressions just like Baker was, and you know he found receivers, and he ended up getting that big-time touchdown pass and putting him in this game in the fourth quarter, so I'm a big advocate of, of Josh Allen, and I think that he'll keep balling out. Um, other games, I mean, Lamar Jackson absolutely went off yesterday for the Ravens. Um, um, he had he was seven of eighteen passing for 119 yards. I mean, who said he can't throw the football? 119 yards, seven of eighteen passing. I mean, dude, this kid's a great talent, great arm talent. I don't I don't know what y'all are seeing there. He obviously had that nasty rushing touchdown, five carries, 21 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's a really good game for Lamar Jackson. He wasn't in there that long, so what he did while he was in there is exactly what you want to see. I think that he could see the field at some point in time this season, but he just keeps looking better and better, and I think he could be that running quarterback that's the next closest thing to Mike Vick, him and Sean Watson both, and Russell Wilson. I mean, this, I mean, Cam Newton's a different kind of running quarterback, so I don't put him in the same category, but I mean, these guys are dynamic with their speed and their legs and the way they run the football, but at the same time, they've also got these receivers and everything. You know, I really like the way that the, that the Ravens are looking and this team's coming together. Lamar Jackson especially. I mean, he's just a beast, guys. So I'm personally a big fan of the way Lamar Jackson played yesterday. I think that he's going to be good, and I think this is what he needs is another quality outing like that. He didn't have an interception this time, which is another big thing that you like to see. That means he's getting better and better learning from his mistakes each week. Obviously, there's still a lot more work to be done for Lamar Jackson, but he's definitely trending in the right direction. Um I'm trying to think what other quarterbacks I want to talk about yesterday or any of the other rookies that we need to cover. I mean, Gary's guys, he got hurt. I was kind of excited to watch him play, but he got hurt pretty quick. They said it was just an MCL sprain today. They said, though, he's going to have another MRI, so I hope it's nothing too serious there. Um, but other than that, really, I mean, we still got to watch uh, a couple. We got Josh Rosen. He plays on Saturday night at 10. And then we also got Sam Darnold out of the big four rookie quarterbacks. He plays um, 
against the Fal- against my Falcons tonight, actually, which I think will be a fun game to watch. I'm excited to watch as a Falcons fan. I'll be able to tell you all everything that happens with him. I hope this podcast is out before that. But also, guys, I'm really hyped for this Falcons game tonight. I really want to see just how this team looks and what all is going on. I don't expect to see Julio in there for any plays. I, I bet Matt Ryan will probably go out there for a series, but that'll be about it. No Devontae Freeman, no Coleman. We'll really get to see this rookie running back, Ito Smith, and see what he can do from uh, Toledo. I'm kind of excited to see what he's got up his sleeve. We'll see a lot of Justin Hardy as our feature wide receiver. We'll get to see Calvin Ridley, our number one overall pick, so I'm excited to see both of them, but it just feels good, guys, to say that football is back, you know, and I just love watching. There's nothing better than watching some football. Um, the other rookie I actually want to talk about, I almost forgot about, Mason Rudolph, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he wasn't it wasn't his best outing, but I thought he still did pretty good. He was only sacked twice, but he's seven for twelve passing, hundred and one yards. You know, I thought he led some good drives to up and down the field for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh scored a lot of points, so him and Dobbs both played pretty well. Dobbs had a touchdown, he also had an interception. Landry Jones had that one bomb touchdown that he threw. Um to Juju, I mean, Juju's obviously going to be a beast, guys. I'm a big Juju fan. I think nobody has more fun in the NFL than Juju does. But this Steelers team, they've got three quarterbacks here. One of them's going to get cut. I think that they're going to end up parting ways with Landry Jones. Dobbs is from my hometown. I'm pulling for him to see if he's in there. You know, Dobbs is one of the fir- one of the only quarterbacks I've watched in high school who really is just a straight pocket passer. This man can sling the rock out of the, out of the pocket. When he was in high school, he just I mean, he was known for his running at Tennessee, but in high school, I'm telling you guys, he looked like a straight just pocket passer. He only ran the ball if he had to. Dobbs is a beast, but I mean, I loved seeing him throw the ball around last night, 9 to 13, 91 yards, but Mason Rudolph, guys, is 7 for 12, like I said, 101 yards. He did lots of good things yesterday, lots of good things for him to build off of, and I think this Steelers team honestly has some good quarterbacks to secede Big Ben here when he's done. I mean, Big Ben, it can also teach a lot of things to them. Big Ben's a guy who's played a lot of big-time games and has a lot of experience to help these young rookies out, but once again, guys, it was a fun first day of football, and I'm looking forward to watching my Falcons play tonight. I hope this podcast comes out before then so y'all can hear kind of a little preview, but Let's talk, let's talk about next a uh, little uh, NCAA uh, changing the rules here. I think there's a lot of big things to be covered right here. All right, guys. So college basketball just made it so elite high school basketball recruits um, and college players can be represented by an agent who can help them make a decision on whether or not they should go pro. Also, they made it so student athletes uh, will be able to participate in the NBA draft and return to school um, if they're undrafted, pending a future action in the NBA and NBA PA. So I'm mean, obviously for. First big thing about this is the NBA PA and NBA have to nullify this and actually like make some rules to go along with this in order for it to be active. So who knows how long that could take. That could be in the year in 2020, 2021, 2022. So obviously there's still a lot more work left to be done with it. But I mean, first off, my biggest thing with it is it still has nothing to do with college players being paid or college players getting money. I mean, it still does nothing for us, for them there. So, I mean, the NCAA is not really moving the right direction at all with that. Um, I'm I like at least how they're letting these undrafted players return to school because I know a lot of guys will leave early and they'll go undrafted and then after that they're just kind of stuck and they ruin their uh, development they could have and the chances these teams could have at winning championships so I definitely like that there but I mean USA basketball I mean even their director coach Cal said it the other day on ESPN that he doesn't want to be the one who judges who's worth what and who's what I mean he deals with like one percent of the players who go to college so that changed that and also think about like guys like R. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett's Canadian. I mean, he's not USA basketball, so does he get to hire an agent? 
this still isn't set in stone and there's still a lot of wiggle room remaining in it. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything gets worked out and what the final say is. But I mean, I like the direction they're heading in, but still like it doesn't really do anything with players getting paid and all the stuff like that. So it's definitely an interesting topic and it's going to be weird to see what comes of it and what more information comes out here in the next couple of weeks. But I think they're making steps in the right direction. I still think though that these players deserve to get paid and they deserve some, like I said earlier, that they deserve some sort of uh, in come from this I also think that it could lead to players going to the G League does development and stuff like that which I'm personally a bigger fan of or LeVar Ball's league he's coming up with I don't know when that will be ready to go but there's a lot of stuff going on in college basketball guys and it's going to be weird to see what happens I think college basketball could be a sport that revolutionizes basketball for the future but I don't think there's going to be many changes like that in college football just because college football is kind of already set in stone and I mean your body like when you come to college like I even saw it with mine with working out like I got so much stronger and stuff since I came to college and I mean your body's just too young for the NFL and stuff like that when you first go there so football will be different but basketball there's gonna be a lot of changes coming guys and I'm interested to see what happens all right guys so the last thing I want to talk about in today's podcast before I get to the fan questions is Mike Trout and how he is the most underrated superstar in sports I mean dude it is just crazy how underrated this guy is since 2020 2014, he's accumulated a war of four of 41.7. And I mean, that's that's the highest mark in any far and away like the, any game. It's just crazy how much higher this is than anybody else. Um, his closest challenger is Chris Sale at 29.6. Kershaw's at 29.5. And then the closest position player is Altuve at 27.9. Donaldson's at 27.5. And Betts is at 27.4. Or, yeah, 27.0. Zero and you also got to remember now, guys. Mike Trout missed a month and a half with a thumb injury in 2017, and I mean that's over the last four seasons. The closest pl- um, pitcher is 29 points to him. Nobody's within 29 points of Mike Trout, and the closest position player is 33.1. I mean he's head and shoulders above everybody in this game. I mean if you look at Mike Trout, guys, I mean he's he's just a beast. He does everything well. There's any, nothing that Mike Trout is bad at. I mean my dad even pointed this out to me the other day, and I was laughing about it. When Mike Trout runs around the bases, you see the dirt fly up behind his heels because he's that much bigger and faster than everyone. He's 6'2", 235 pounds. I mean, he could be playing linebacker in the NFL. This guy is jacked, and he's all muscle. He's so fast. He's 27 years old, and he's good at everything. This season, he's hitting 309 with 30 home runs, 60 RBIs, and a, and a .459 on base percentage. I mean, that's just amazing. He's a career 306 hitter, has 231 home runs, 629. RBIs and a .415 on base percentage. So that means pretty much every 10 times he comes up to the plate, he's getting on base four of them. And I mean, this season, it's almost been five times. That is just crazy, guys. I mean, if you go look at the stats this season, he's pretty much top five in every category. I mean, home run or batting average, he's right outside of there. He's at number six right now. Um, Home run hitting wise, he's knocking on the door as well. He's sitting at, I believe, seventh right now in the league. No, tie for fifth in the league in home runs. Wow. So, I mean, he's knocking the cover off the ball from that aspect, too. I mean, 
The only reason why he's struggling with runs I've added in is because the Angels have been struggling in general, but Mike Trout's the real deal, guys. I can't tell you the amount of times I've watched him jump up and rob someone of a home run. Just the amount of times I've made him seen him make so many game-changing and dynamic plays. This guy is a freak, and I just feel bad for him that he's on the Angels, honestly. Like, we never get to see him in the playoffs because of that. His war right now is 7.8. Mookie Betts is 7.5. Jose Ramirez is 7.2. So he's even ahead of everyone in the MLB pretty decently in war. I mean, the closest player in the NL is uh, Lorenzo Kane at 5.2 and Matt Carpenter at 5.2. So he's absolutely killing it. I mean, he may not win MVP this year just because how good the Red Sox have done. So I think Mookie or Martinez deserves it. Martinez has got... First in the he's first in the MLB and runs batted in and home runs. Mookie leads an average 347, but I mean Martinez is right behind him at 331. JD Martinez has been on absolute tear, but Mike Trout dominates baseball, guys. I would love to see him get on one of these stacked up teams or they have one of these nice lineups and just watch him ball out. I mean, this guy's a beast. He's got the arm. He does everything. I think he, he people don't realize this, but according to stats, he's probably the most dominant player we've seen since Ted Williams. Since Ted Williams, probably the greatest player to ever play the game. He's up there with Hank Aaron and all them. With Ted Williams, guys. Mike Trout is that special kind of player, and he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. He's got one commercial for him, and yet you see Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper on all these commercials. Bryce Harper can't carry his jock strap, guys. Bryce Harper is hitting like 230 this season. Mike Trout's dominating that. If you go look at the career numbers, it's not even close. And Mike and Bryce Harper is supposed to be the second best player in the league. Mike Trout, they need to put some respect on your name and some respect on your career because once you're done, we're all going to be like, dang, how do we not appreciate a guy who is this great? You're more dominant than LeBron is. Yeah, I said it, guys. He's more dominant than LeBron is in his sport. Like, come on now, guys. Let's stop sleeping. All right, guys. So before I uh, conclude today's podcast, um, first off, I recorded this podcast on a Friday with the intention to put it out then, but it looks like it's coming out today on Monday. But I just wanted to add that Mike Trout actually hit the 10-day DL right after this, so it's kind of hurt. But, I mean, guys, let's get our hats off here. That are the baby Braves. Before I answer these questions for y'all, we had uh, Tookie Toussaint throw his first game every through six innings um struck out four he got out of that jam which was huge when he got had two runners on Acuna did a nice job making the play and he struck out the next two batters in a row Braves get out of the jam we played great today Acuna now is homered in six out of his last seven games Braves have been absolutely knocking the cover off the ball when our bats are like this I think we're one of the best team in baseball Um, but I mean when they're not hitting the ball like that it's a lot tougher for this team I've seen throughout the season so we just gotta hope the bats are clicking when the playoffs come around I think that'll be the biggest thing because I mean we're hitting the baseball I really don't see anybody being able to beat us in the playoffs but and again, at the same time, Braves need a little bit better pitching, so I don't think we could get past a team like the Cubs or the Dodgers in the playoffs, but definitely like the way this team is moving. Let me get now to the questions we got right here. Um, pulling them up right now, guys. I'm excited to answer these. I always love answering the random questions. They're fun just because they're right boom on, uh, on the spot. So here we go. So my first question I'm asked here is how bad is Florida State by Reed Hall 28? My answer to that would be don't sleep on us. We're about to have a good season and surprise a lot of teams. Cam Akers is about to be one of the best running backs in college football, so definitely don't sleep on us. Uh, my next ch- question is by Chandler T. Smith. Why is FSU so trash? All these Georgia fans trying to rip on my team. Can't wait until y'all see what happens. Uh, my next question is from Gage Silling. It's uh, what are Big Tom's thoughts on uh, Darius Geis' first-year pr- um, first prediction? Um, I actually thought Geis is going to be really good. 
good. I thought he's one of those versatile backs. I mean, I just thought LSU pumps out good NFL talent they have in the past. Stephen Hill, Leonard Fournette, two of their most recent. Um, I mean, Jeremy Hill, Stephen Hill played for Georgia Tech, but I really thought he was going to have a good season, but now he tore the ACL. It's a lot different. I mean, I really hated seeing it. Um, A Murphs, or A underscore Murphs, asked me, uh, why didn't the Rockets make it to the ship? And it's because Chris Paul got hurt. I mean, it's 100% the reason we would they would have taken it all. It would have been James Harden and Chris Paul holding that trophy if it didn't happen. Um... I mean, it's it hurts, man. It hurts. Don't y'all don't have to rub it in on me, but that actually concludes our questions so far. That's what everyone asked me. But follow me on Twitter, guys, at Hot Takes with CP3. Um, I'm excited to talk some football for y'all tomorrow. I got a guest coming on, a former uh, Georgia Tech football player. So good stuff coming. What else about to do when he reds blue? Ooh, what else about to do when he reds blue? Ooh, I shouldn't gave him dog food and went to your noodle. I should've never got caught up with a cougar. Way too clever. Way too jealous.